Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And, Mike, we were having a conversation about the Bengals and the Rams here. And, again, four and a half, 48 and a half is what we're seeing here at BetMGM. And I wanted to put a bow on it because from a guy who knows and, and played the game at the highest levels, these are things that I think they're harder for me as a media member to really pick up, even though I've been on a lot of sidelines mm-hmm. through the years, right? And it is, it's line play. So I, I said to you that I laid off the Bengals plus the seven last week okay. because I didn't know how their, their line, after giving up nine sacks to Tennessee, was going to respond against Kansas City and Chris Jones. And it, they didn't give up a sack. So now when I look at it again and I see Aaron Donald and I see Von Miller and you, you see Floyd and, you know, you go, how in the world are they going to block these guys? How do they do it? Well, when you can run the football, that's essentially blocking these guys because they're not going to pin their ears back and get after you. It wasn't until the Rams took over the game in which Aaron Donald affected the game, mm-hmm. meaning he was able to penetrate, get pressure on Garoppolo, and Garoppolo threw up the ball up for a pick because he panicked. Uh, the impact of Von Miller wasn't felt either because they were so focused on stopping their run. Like, they knew it, right? And so you think about the Chiefs and the Bengals, uh, the fact that the Bengals established a running game and certainly uh, presented to the Chiefs that they're going to stay with the running game Chris Jones and Clark and and Ingram, they couldn't just get after Burrow that way. So it was essential for the Bengals to do that. Uh, One of the things I'm looking forward to seeing in this game, which, again, creates opportunity from a player prop standpoint and looking at numbers for this, is against a dime defense, how wide are those splits going to be for the Bengals? Mm. Like, are they going to really spread out those offensive guard and tackle splits and make those ends out wider? And they're also creating running lanes on on passing downs. Because you can run the ball against light blocks. I learned that from running the run and shoot. Mm. Whether you have run one wide receiver or four wide receivers and one running back in the backfield, let's widen out our splits, create those gaps, and therefore you got more room for these running backs to make people miss as well. So for a dime defense, I think that's going to be a problem for the Rams. Okay, very quickly, I, I misspoke. Ingram did have one sack, I do recall, against Joe Burrow mm-hmm. uh, on a first down after a first and goal situation. But so I believe that's the only sack they gave yeah. up. Okay. So now we're going to really go in the weeds here. When you mentioned a run and shoot very quickly, because I I go back to the Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith argument back in the day. Right. And and they ran with with like, you know, that's the way uh, Detroit ran it Mm -hmm. with Mouse Davis and all those years. So the run and shoot is almost a misnomer to think that you can't run the football that way. Right. Right. Absolutely. You have to run it. We had to run it if we're facing a dime defense because you got all these cover guys. You got six defensive backs on the field. They have one linebacker. They're light in the box. And, And if you can run and spread out those offense or those defensive linemen with wider splits now you've created natural gaps and double teams and typically a running back will just have one guy to make miss 
And if that guy is Joe Mixon back there, that's going to be a problem for the Rams, I believe. Okay, and I think that hopefully for everybody that's heard me have this debate for 30 years, it should put to bed the argument. You put Barry Sanders behind Dallas's offensive line. He had the perfect offense to run it. That, that run and shoot actually was, and it works for Joe Mixon and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It works to the skill set that you have, the offensive personnel. Sure, but for the record, Barry would have prospered oh. in any offense. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he would have. He would have. Absolutely, yeah. he would have. Oh, absolutely. But I thought that they had a pretty good one for they him. Did. They did. They did. Brown mm-hmm. and company there. He had a lot of freedom in it. That's for sure. Absolutely. All right, let's get to this, some of these uh, receiving props that we see in the Super Bowl. And, again, we talked about it last week. Remember, the, the receiving prop for Cooper Cup mm-hmm. was, I believe, 100 and a half. And you go, man, how can I take the over on a guy where the baseline is 100 yards, right? It's even higher in the Super Bowl. It's 102 <laughs> And a half, okay, and eight and a half receptions. So those are your totals. Let's just start right there at the top of the board with Cooper Cup. Is there any way you could play unders, Pritch? Because you know you're going to try to take him away, but good luck taking away Cooper Cup. Yeah, at this point, I don't know if you can take him away. Uh, and I would never play an under for Cooper Cup. I mean, if, if there's a bet, it is to the over. Uh, now, will he reach that? Remains to be seen. But certainly I would not bet an under situation. Uh, they're two prolific him and Matthew Stafford on the same page. Cooper mm. Cup reads defenses like a quarterback. Uh, and that's typically what a sl- slot receiver needs to do anyway. So he has the freedom to improvise and uh, change his route. Uh, but then also they have set plays for Cooper Cup designed to get him vertically down the field. Uh, he's going to get a lot of targets. I, I certainly would not, would not play the under there. And again, when you see it juice to the under, minus 140, yeah. plus 105 for the over? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the, I'm with you. That's the only way that I can go. You know, we put those matchups up there. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not trying to disrespect Eli Apple. But when I see that, that screams over to me. I mean, Matthew Stafford, if he has time, which he should, and you have Eli Apple on Cooper Cup, right. that screams mismatch. The matchup that I don't necessarily like for the Rams, Vaughn Bell against Odell Beckham Jr. We know how physical Vaughn Bell can be. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, a lot of people, I think, are going to fade. And I don't know why Cooper and think because Odell was so prominently displayed in the title game in the NFC title game, then maybe you go Odell 64 and a half, five and a half. I don't know that I like those numbers. There. Well, it's elevated now because I've cashed two weeks in a row with Odell uh, 47 uh, and a half. And I want to say it was 50. Uh, 52 and a half. But he's, week, he well, he's looks like the old over. Odell. Sure. Right, he does. Um, and a lot of reasons. Now, real quick about Cooper Cup, though, uh, with the juice to the under, mm-hmm. I think the books are anticipating fewer plays and fewer oh. drives. Okay. So, like in a conference championship, divisional games, even uh, wild card rounds, you could get more drives, more plays. But mm. in the Super Bowl, the length of the game, the length of halftime, getting revved up again, yeah, uh, it does factor into slow starts and then maybe slow second halves as well. But – but, I, I, don't, I mean, it's juice to the under, lack of opportunities. I don't know if I'm going to anticipate that for Cooper Cup. I'm with you. Right, like, right. I, I know you're, you're telling me here mm-hmm. at plus 105 to take the – I'm, I'm going to take the bait. Yeah. I'm going to take it because I, I just think that's the only way with that matchup against Eli Apple. That's the only way that I could play it. Now, they also move him around too, so he'll get m- multiple matchups. But to Odell Beckham Jr., which interesting to me and what I have fixated on playing Odell Beckham Jr. player props – is he's a single side receiver. Okay. So that means you're going to get half coverage, half field coverage from a safety, or you're going to get off coverage. He's going to be zone or man, mm-hmm. uh, or he's going to be manned up with a single high safety. So even if they go two man, uh, he's capable of beating that. The, the thing about being a single side receiver, it clears up the look too for Matthew Stafford. So if you got Odell Beckham Jr. as a single side receiver and you know the coverage pre snap, 
Uh, I think if you're on the same page, there's a lot of opportunity there. And we've seen that from Odell Beckham Jr. lately. How, how has he been on the same page with Matthew Stafford and he couldn't seem to get on the same page in Cleveland? Well, why is it click so in the middle of yeah. the year? This, this is isn't like they had a training camp yeah. to work this out. to, to mm-hmm. be Because they do seem like they've got some symmetry there. Well, it's a different quarterback and different respect level. Mm. Uh, lack of respect. I mean, even though they're friends or whatever, Baker Mayfield, you know, they're popular friends, right? <laughs> But Baker, social media friends. Sure, yeah. sure. And they'll go to dinner to get all that. But, you know, when it comes down to on the field and respect for that guy in the huddle, uh, you, you never forget when you line up in a huddle with Warren Moon or, or John Elway, right? It's the same thing for Odell Beckham Jr. He's not going to forget the fact that he's in a huddle uh, with Matthew Stafford, who is that type of quarterback. So, uh, no, he's, he's been playing great football. But I love the fact that they have singled him up as a single-side receiver, and that really has cleared up the looks for Matthew Stafford. Let's go to the other side here and look at the Bengals' props here. And Jamar Chase obviously is going to be top of the charts here. 80-and-a-half and 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 5.5 receptions in this one here and juiced well to the over at minus 150 uh, if you think he's going to get six catches. Okay, he was slowed down a bit, but yet still made his presence in that second half against the Chiefs. Is it going to be Jalen Ramsey? Is that what they're going to say? Raheem Morris is going to say, you know what, Jalen, we paid you all this money. Go chase down Chase. Yeah, I mean, I think in certain packages there will be that opportunity for Ramsey and Chase to see that matchup. (laughs) I know, I can't wait for that one, right? Um, But I think it breaks down that defense. And if you're Zach Taylor on the other side, you got to anticipate that. So how can I – feature that how can I exploit that too and, and so I think the Bengals are going to have to do that especially if that matchup is out there uh, one of the things that we've seen over history is okay Jerry Rice how do you get him away from Deion Sanders I right. saw that matchup repeatedly well sometimes you don't go away from it sometimes you're like go at it Jerry you and Deion one-on-one a half the field there you go uh, but then also against the Cowboys who had certainly a great plan for Jerry they put him in the slot mm-hmm. right so I think Zach Taylor is going to have to do something similar for Chase is, is mix and match and move him around the formation too, especially if you want to get the ball to him. Okay. Is Jalen Ramsey a guy that will follow and trail, or is he going to, like Dion say, you know what, this half of the field is mine, yeah. and this half of the field is off limits to you? Well, that's a great question. I don't think Raheem is that type of coordinator. Uh, I don't know if Jalen is that type. Of, he, There's no such thing as a – shut down cover corner anymore. Really? Right. The rules are done. Oh, okay, right, the rules right. are different. Yeah, you can't play that way. And, and we saw Evans take uh, Jalen deep. That's right. So, I mean, even one-on-one situations, if it's Jamar Chase, and if you do get one-on-one, if you're Joe Burrow, go after it. Yeah. Even if it's Jalen. Absolutely. Does he get that one-on-one with, with Jamar yeah. against, a, a, you know, the, maybe the best corner in the league, yeah. you still have to take that opportunity. My guy is better than your guy mentality. What about T. Higgins? We saw the big game he had when Jamar Chase was mm-hmm. being slowed down last week, and then all of a sudden, uh, this week, you look at the numbers here, what, 69 and a half is what we're seeing for T, with the receptions again at 5 and a half. And I'll also throw Tyler Boyd in there, because he did not have a huge impact on that game. But these are three really capable receivers, but I guess the question becomes, can the O-line hold up so that Joe Burrow has enough time to find the other guys, not named Jamar Chase. Right. And again, the dime defense, keep that in mind, too. So Higgins, you're going to have matchup, favorable matchups there because of his size. Uh, Boyd in the slot is going to be interesting. There may be too many bodies right there, so staying away there. But Higgins, uh, again, Zach Taylor, can he be creative and, and create matchups? Because uh, you're, you're going to anticipate a heavy six defensive back packages from the Rams out there defensively. So, again, 
you're going to play Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions mm-hmm. if we had to play it. Yeah. And again, Odell Beckham Jr. Officially, which way would you go? Would you five and a half overs plus one ten? By the 64 way, sixty-four is lofty uh, because I'm thinking about opportunities too. Right. right? And, but uh, you know, I was comfortable in the fifty range for sure. The, the, those numbers have gone up, up, <laughs> yeah. up for Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. I, I love that stuff, Mike. Getting in the weeds there. These matchups gets me excited for the football game. Okay. When we come back, Mo Egger is going to join us from ESPN uh, fifteen thirty in Cincinnati. Talk all things Bengals before that big game against the Rams. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on these these sports betting. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that VEASAN is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. That might actually be an understatement. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard here. It is the Lombardi line. And again, you think about all the possible wagers that you can have in the Super Bowl. You got to check out that at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl because it, we're getting it cranked up here with about nine days to go. I know they are pumped in Cincinnati. It's 1988 all over again. Let's bring in Mo Egger, host of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Egger. Great to have you back in the program, Mo. And look, I saw the story that they're already canceling school on the Monday after the Super Bowl. Win, lose, or draw can't be a draw. Mo, tell me what the, the city is like today as they get ready for Super Sunday. Well, you know, canceling Cincinnati public schools, one might argue, what's the difference? Uh, whether the kids are there or not. So uh, I think that's a fair question. The, the city is giddy. I mean, the city is, is still, I think, in a, a, a place of disbelief. Um, you know, obviously, the further we get removed from what happened in Kansas City on Sunday and the more we talk about, you know, what, what might lie ahead for uh, the Bengals in, in Los Angeles against the Rams, you know, we'll, we'll start to talk more about that game. But, I mean, there, there's just a sense of shock, uh, I think, still, you know, just given this team's very, very checkered history, a sense of being able to throw it in the faces of a lot of people who in the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow said it won't work because the franchise will fail him. People are enjoying dunking on a lot of takes that people unleashed 
uh, over the last couple of years, certainly around the draft this past season when they took Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell. And I think it's also sort of, for, especially for diehard fans, it's, it's validation of their patience with this team. It's validation of their emotional investment in this team where, you know, for years and years and years and years, if you said you were a Bengals fan, you had people even here in town that would say, well, why? <laughs> and I think fans finally have a tangible answer to that. Here's why. Because if there ever is a payoff, it's going to be incredible. And especially for those folks who have hung in there for all these years, this is the payoff. You know, Mo, as a better looking at this game, too, uh, so many different angles. I mean, the Rams are going to be playing at home in L.A. and all this. But the advantages of McVay and that team, a lot of veterans on that team, been in this situation in terms of playing in the Super Bowl not too long ago. Uh, I think it's unique, though, because Zach Taylor was on that Ram staff that was at the Super Bowl a few years ago. And uh, so preparation for the Bengals, who, by the way, are going to be introduced to the media scrum and media attention that they've never seen before. Mm. Uh, what's your thoughts on that uh, from a preparation standpoint from Zach Taylor preparing the Bengals for their trip out to L.A.? I think the most important thing that you have to prepare for is to make sure that Joe Burrow has a seat on the plane. And as long as that happens, uh, I think the other stuff will sort of just fall into place. I mean, I, I've I've heard I've heard coaches talk about the benefits of let's get out there immediately and uh, put all the the stuff behind us that you go through when you first get there, and then get to work on game planning. And I've 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 heard the school of thought that suggests you know get the game plan in, get all that done, do it now, and then uh, head on out there. Zach Taylor was on that L.A. Rams staff two years ago, I'm sure, or three years ago, I'm sorry, when they. They played the New England Patriots. I'm sure he'll draw upon uh, that experience. But, I mean, look, it, it's, it's a franchise that hasn't been here before. It's a bunch of players who haven't been here before. I, I do think, though, that when you've got a guy like Joe Burrow who has, you know, just shown such a, a calm demeanor, such a cool demeanor, he has played in insane environments in college. They played in an insane environment in, in Arrowhead that, None of that sort of uh, superfluous stuff is, is going to be that much of, of a factor. I think the bigger deal when it comes to the Bengals winning the game a week from Sunday is going to be how do they block Aaron Donald and what do they do if, if Jalen Ramsey shuts down Jamar Chase. And I don't know that those things will be impacted by the, the, the run-up to the game in terms of when they go out there uh, how they handle all the logistics and stuff like that. Talking with Mo Egger, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. And Mo, you alluded to Jamar Chase, and certainly he and Joe Burrow being reunited from their championship days at LSU. We saw on social media where their two dads were out celebrating with cigars. Uh, take us in the mentality of these guys, because, yes, this is the Super Bowl, but they're like, we played in the title game for LSU, and that was pretty big, too. And I know it's different scales, but are these guys built differently mentally that, yeah, we can go to Kansas City as seven-point underdogs and win? Yeah, we can go to Tennessee as you know four-point dogs and win. Do, do they just feel like it's just not as big a deal to us because of where we come from? Yeah, you know, we've said all season long, this group of guys has, has always seemed very unburdened by Bengals history, you know, where they make the playoffs. And all we talk about for a week is, well, God, it's been 31 years, and it's the Bengals, and they always sort of pull the rug out from underneath you, and if it can go wrong, it does, and that's just sort of the Bengal way. 
And this team has always seemed very uninterested in that, unburdened by it, not not weighed down by it. And so, yeah, I, I think there's some validity to that. Look, Joe said it after they beat the Tennessee Titans. He said he's tired of hearing about the underdog narrative. He's tired of hearing about being a Cinderella. Tired of hearing about how they're not supposed to be here, how great of a feel-good story this is, and all that. I think they fully believe, like, A, they belong here. B, they should have been here all along. They've proven a lot of people wrong, and that there's no reason to think they can't win this game against the Los Angeles Rams. This is a a Bengals team that has been built differently just from that standpoint than I think many other in, in, in the recent history of this franchise, where quite frankly, the last few times they made the postseason, it did feel like they were weighed down by uh, it, it's it's playoff past, weighed down by the burden of having to be the first Bengals team to win a playoff game in forever, uh, weighed down by you know the, the the expectations that accompanied having some success. Those things really haven't applied to this team, at least not yet. Uh, maybe they will, but but that hasn't been the case so far. You know, Mo, to play like they did in Kansas City, come from behind, 24 points uh, right there in a row right there for the Bengals. Uh, a lot of mention about the offense for sure, but what is it about this defense? That's getting it done too. What what should we look for uh, from the Bengals from the defensive standpoint? Generating seven turnovers along the way in the playoffs. Yeah, you know that's been the big difference. Early in the season, we we kept talking about how okay this defense is better than it has been because of all the guys they brought in from outside. But where are the turnovers? And it's remarkable. They've they've ended their last three games. These three playoff games, the last defensive play has been an interception in all three of them. I don't know that that's ever happened. You know, start with Jermaine Pratt against the Las Vegas Raiders in the wild card game, Logan Wilson against the Titans a couple of weeks ago, and then obviously last week, Von Bell and Jesse Bates. I think they've had a couple of different things go their way. Number one, the, the replacements for Larry Ogunjobi on the defensive line have been better than anybody ever would have expected. Go back and look at how well they played against uh, – uh, Derrick Henry, their linebacker play has been outstanding here in the postseason. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, you start with that. But their secondary has also risen to the to the occasion as well. And, you know, coming into the season, we talked a lot about the Bengals and Jesse Bates. Are they going to make him the highest-paid safety in the NFL? And he didn't play like the highest-paid safety in the NFL, so the Bengals didn't make him the highest-paid safety in the NFL. In these three postseason games, he has been as good as you could play at that position. But more than anything, they've just been really opportunistic. At the, at the precise right time that they've needed to play, somebody has made one, whether it's a guy that you signed in free agency like Von Bell, whether it's a guy that you traded for in B.J. Hill, whether it's a guy that you drafted like Logan Wilson. It's been sort of a cumulative effort, and they've also gotten really good production from Trey Hendrickson rushing off the edge. And I think when you talk about the matchup against the Rams, Andrew Whitworth, the former Bengal, trying to block him is is going to be really worth paying attention to. Got about 90 seconds to go here with, with Mo Egger. Very quickly, Mo, uh, when you look at Zach Taylor here, and I know we're going to talk about the players here for the next two weeks, but this is guy was on the short list, uh, you know, out here in Las Vegas to be the first guy fired. You can actually get props on that at the beginning of the year, and here he is in the Super Bowl. What do you make of the turnaround, at least from the perception of the outside, from what you've seen inside? done a really good job of putting his fingerprints all over the roster and he's done a good job and he doesn't get as much credit for this as he should 
done a really good job of bringing along Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, as much as he might have looked like a finished product coming out of LSU, you had to get get him ready for the NFL without the preseason last year, uh, learning the offense from his couch in Athens, Ohio. And then this year, his offseason was not normal because he was coming off of knee surgery. And yet, Joe, uh, Zach Taylor has done a really good job of, I think, bringing him along. I think he at times has been a little bit too slow to let Joe take full control of the offense. But when a, when a quarterback gets drafted, and he starts right away, um, and he has almost instant success, that's obviously because of the, the, the tangibles and intangibles that the quarterback possesses, but it also helps to have good coaching, and I think that regard, Zach's done a really nice job. All right, Mo, cannot wait. I'm sure you guys can't in Cincinnati either. Mo Egger, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. I know you're going to be busy next week. That's why we wanted to catch up with you this week, Mo. <laughs> no problem at all, guys. All right, there he is, Mo Egger. Check him out, ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. And that's a great point, though, right? That yeah. Like, I know Zach Taylor and, you know, a lot of people, and I'm sure I criticize sometimes going, you know, what Sean McVay touched on. But he has done a good good job with Joe Burrow, and really that's all that matters. He really has. I mean, the quarterback himself, and, and he's still young enough to be able to relate. Uh, to these younger quarterbacks as well. All right, so we're getting ever so close to the Super Bowl. Still about a week and a half to go. When we come back, Lou Finicaro is going to join us. We'll get some of his thoughts on Super Sunday. And also, UFC is back, baby. We'll discuss. It's the Lombardi Line right here on Leeson, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to watch the big game? Well, of course you are. We want to make sure that VEASAN is a part of your plans on Championship Weekend. We're going to have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to the 6th Annual Live Big Game BetCast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after all the action on VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, and we always love every Wednesday to have our guy Lou Finnecaro. Vston Point Spread Weekly contributor, join us here on the program. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at GamLou. So, Lou, of course, we're going to get into the UFC here because Pritch knows how excited we get here to get back to talk some, some fights. But let's talk about the Super Bowl very quickly and maybe some scenarios that you might like based on the history of the MVP. And we, uh, we understand that it's really predominantly a quarterback-driven award. Now, by position here, QBs have won 31 MVPs. Second, it's running back and wide receiver tied at seven, and then the defense gets some love. We get four linebackers, a couple defensive ends, two safeties in a corner, and then one defensive tackle and a kick returner. Because of that, we can understand why Stafford and Burrow are plus money here, plus 115, plus 210. Do you go off the beaten path here for Super Bowl MVP this year? Because it feels like with these kind of lower seeds that maybe you can find some value somewhere else. I'd like to think that would be the case, Dave. And, and Dave and Mike, thanks so much uh, for having me on. As the NFL winds down, we'll get to talk more uh, UFC. <laughs> but in regard to that market, I think when you reference Chuck Howley, Jake Scott, and everyone, I mean, you're talking about a different era of football. Today's era of football points me to quarterbacks, and that's just how the voters are swayed as well. And so I'd have to regard Burrow, if you like Cincinnati, or Stafford or Cup, if you like L.A., as your front runners. 
Lou, I agree with you right there, too. You know, I'm, I'm wondering about this matchup, though, because you do have a former Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller, in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we all know the media uh, and their love for Aaron Donald. Like, if he has one or two impactful plays, I mean, I, I think that could be influential oh, yeah. as well. He's 16-1 to on the board. Well, honestly, Mike, I would love to see that. That would be a, a dream come true for me because I'm of the ilk that NFL games are won and lost by the horses up front and all the rest of the guys, the receivers and running backs, so that's all glitter and gold. But in the trenches is where it's done. So my heart's there. I just don't know uh, if, how possible it is. It couldn't happen to a better guy than Donald. That all said... Um, you know, the Super Bowl is a great game. It's a great event. But as handicappers and gamblers, if we haven't made our money now, it's going to be hard to make it in this last game. You mentioned Chuck Howley. And again, he is the only uh, recipient of the MVP from a losing team, Super Bowl five, when the Cowboys lost to the Colts 16-13. So let me just throw out a scenario, and you guys can shoot it right down if you want. But, Lou, let's say it's a shootout, right? But, you know, I don't know, Cam Akers gets a couple, Odell gets one, Cup gets one, they get a defensive touchdown, and they beat the Bengals, but the Bengals get everything from Joe Burrow. Everything's from Joe. And everybody loves Joe Burrow now, to Mike's point about the popularity contest. At plus 210, could we ever see – a marquee, the biggest name, singular, might be Burrow, and then the Rams have all these other guys, that from a losing team, we get an MVP from the Super Bowl? At the expense of good radio, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably no shot of that, right, Mike? That's just never going to happen? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry. But I will, I will give you an angle on this game that I'm looking at now that's incomplete, meaning – Oftentimes we come on here and say, here's what I got. Here's what I did. And and I'm 10 points ahead of market. Let's play a game now. I'm going to tell you what I just did. And it, it's going to take until next week to complete. This game opened 50 as a total. It's now 48 and a half. Mm. 48's an important number to me. I took the aggressive approach and I purchased to 47 and a half, and I took the over because it's my belief that this early money could be sharp, it could be square, it could be up. I don't know what it is, but it's giving me an opportunity to buy at the lowest point of the market. The number's not going any lower. By the time, at least it's my belief, that by the time we get to next week, Friday, Saturday, this game will be 51 or 51 and a half, and I'll be in a perfect position to play a middle. Now, I'm announcing right now that I have the 47 and a half, and I I paid some money to get it, so this number could go the other way, but I don't think so. When this public gets involved in this game, They're going to be betting overs, and they're going to be betting overs with their teasers, and this number's going to rise. And so I've disclosed what I have already done and what I hope to do. Let's hope that the plan works out. Absolutely love that analysis, and it's an exercise that that Wes and I will do again next week. But, Lou, you just nailed it on the head for me. 
Because I'm with you. I kind of, Pritch, I look at this number, mm-hmm. and right now I can, I'm, only, I'm with Lou. I could only play the over here. But, again, if you're listening to what Lou's saying here, Pritch, you got to get that number now because right. this number is going to go up. Absolutely. Right? I agree with uh, Lou 100%. Uh, you know, the impact of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week, uh, we don't have to worry about the injuries and COVID and all that. So, right now, what is the market going to go to? And anticipating that, uh, I think that's great strategy here. Yeah, I think so. So, again, it, again, if you're an overbacker, you better get it, get it now because it's going to be well north of where it is a week from today. Okay, I'm excited. Lou, I can't wait to have you back on First Strike this week here, Fridays on VSIN. Let's talk a little bit about the fight night card that we have coming up Saturday night here. And you got the Joker, Jack Hermanson, back in there against Sean Strickland. Strickland. Who loves to talk to you, uh, Lou, when he's punching you in the face, right? I, I don't know that I've seen that many fighters that love to talk in the octagon as much as Strickland does. Minus 250 against the Joker. Is that number too high for you? Oh, boy. it's. I think it's starting to approach that strata. I mean, Strickland grew up an abused kid. And so he's also... Not all there, and and that may be a good thing in fighting. Uh, His vocal approach in the octagon is masked only by his volume and his pressure. Mm. He's really a problem, especially since he moved up to a weight that he seems to handle really well. Hermanson, on the other hand, is a guy that has to rely on grappling, and he's a little bit awkward on the feet. I have to regard Strickland as a legit two-to-one favorite. 250s starting to get out there. I think that more than likely, I'll be looking at some way for Strickland inside the distance or KO, TKO. I think it's going to take him into the late rounds. Hermanson doesn't like to get bullied. Strickland's a bully. Yeah, and that's interesting that you take it into the later rounds there, and we'll talk more about this on first strike here. So if you're trying to find that better value, that's what Lou always does. Uh, Instead of laying that minus 250, there could be some better pricier ways if you like Strickland to get the job done. Let's talk about the co-main here, staying in the middleweight division with uh, Punahale Soriano taking on uh, Nick Maximoff, rather, and Maximoff right now plus 165, Soriano minus 200. What do you make of this three-round co-main event? What's great about both of this main event and the co-main event is that they're 185-pound middleweight bouts in the small cage. Uh, UFC's trying to give us some action here. (laughs) Maximov is a grappling-based fighter, and he's off balance, meaning he's a little awkward and uncomfortable on his feet. Meanwhile, Soriano is the other way. He's a big power punch and guy who they have to tone down in practice in Las Vegas. but yet he's a little bit awkward on the ground. So where this fight takes place, much like the main event, will dictate who's in control. To me, the experience of Soriano, despite the younger Maximov size, I think Soriano's gonna find a way to touch him up. And I would look for Soriano to uh, bounce after his last fight, which was a loss. All right, got about a minute to go here with Lou Finnecaro. Lou, I see when you got Miles John, you got Juliana Rosa, you got Hakeem Dawadu, Alexis Davis on this card. So there might not be these big marquee matchups. We have some other names. Is there any other fight that's really jumped out to you on the undercard? You know, I scour for dogs, and I really would like to think that Peterson 
can be the one because if Rosa at a 300 favorite, that's a heavy favorite, and that's that's when Erosa underachieves. The problem is Erosa's a 55er fighting at 45. Peterson's a 35er fighting at 45. And I don't think Peterson's power is going to transfer. But I am looking for dogs, and I know I'll have a handful or two by the time First Strike comes Friday afternoon. Absolutely. I cannot wait for First Strike, Lou Finicaro, as always. And again, he's got a great podcast, people. Bout Business Podcast, because Mike... He's about business. Yes, he is. And cash and tickets. Lou, we'll talk to you on Friday, my friend. Appreciate the time and the information as always. Don't go anywhere. Much more to get to here on the Lombardi line on these the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All the action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000 when you register with BetMGM. You're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to any MGM BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your very first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross wrapping things up here with Mike Pritchard on a Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line right here on Beeson. And Pritch, we had the uh, pleasure of talking to Lou Carroll there, and he made the point that he's already on the over, mm-hmm. and he had to pay for it a little bit to get it down to 47 and a half. We're not seeing that right now. We're still seeing 48, 48 and a half here, bet MGM. To Lou's theory that this is going to go up, and up, up, and away, that he actually believes by next week mm-hmm. it could be sitting at 51. It might be a whole field goal value depending on when you wager. Do you think it lays dormant for the rest of this week and then next week we really see the money starting to come in? Yeah, it's possible because there's not going to be a lot of information. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shows talking about the game like we are and uh, anticipating what's going to happen in the game and certainly. But uh, in, in terms of valuable information, uh, all of that's going to come out next week. Uh, like I mentioned before, uh, talking about the experience of these players – 
the media attention is is incredible. Uh, and, and going through that, too, and, and also the preparation. I, I think Zach Taylor kind of evens out the advantages the Rams could have from a preparation standpoint. Mm. Not experience, but from a preparation standpoint, the Bengals are going to be prepared. Now, from a, an experience standpoint, certainly that still favors the Rams, though. You know, I've had some some debates with some of my friends who are Rams fans. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, this is the, you know, Sean McVay, second time around. Been there, done that right. now. I don't know. Looking back, and look, it's Belichick, mm-hmm. right, when they lost the first time. And it was a defensive mastermind job that Bill Belichick can do in, what, a 13-3 game. I don't, I'm not saying that they were ill-prepared by Sean McVay, but what does he take if you're a Rams backer here to go, yeah, I'm more confident that he'll get it right the second time around versus the first? Well, I, for instance, remember the Super Bowl in New York? It was uh, Peyton Manning and uh, uh, Broncos yes. against the Seattle Seahawks. So that game was incredible to think about. I was at that one, uh, and certainly that was a Pritchard Bowl because it's two former teams of mine. <laughs> so, you know, the preparation standpoint, when you're looking at Coach Fox and, and, and the Broncos and Peyton Manning and what they want to do, they had to go on a silent count because of all the fans. Mm. They weren't prepared for that. And that first snap of the game exactly. goes over Peyton Manning's exactly. head on the silent count. Exactly. So you're not even settled. Mm. And that's Peyton Manning, right? And uh, so there was advantages right there. And then Seattle, the, the way that they play that game, they just blitz the Broncos, right? And so I, I think the experience standpoint, because the elongated halftime, you're antsy. You know, you're, you want to get back out there because you're under this normal routine. All of a sudden now the halftime is going to be 45 minutes. Right. And so what do you do during halftime? I think Zach Taylor has that experience to convey to the players. And so you don't worry about that. Like pre- the pregame, it's, it's incredible the amount of time that you're on the field. Normally you get out there, the anthem, okay, let's kick it off. But it's 20, 30 minutes sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on when you get out there on the field. So just those subtle changes – Uh, I do believe Zach Taylor is going to be able to even that out. Now, the experience of the game itself still will favor the Rams, though. Okay, we're talking about – because I do. I'm with Lou. I'm I'm going to be on the over. I haven't played it yet. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting to see if it would come down just a little bit more to like 48, maybe not at the buyback for the 47 and a half. Pritch, in my mind, how do I get there? How do I get to that over total that Lou has right now, 47 and a half? Well, so speaking of this game and running the football, that's all great. And and it is. I mean, you run the football for toughness. You run the football to control the game. And Mm -hmm. we saw both teams be able to do that uh, last week, uh, especially against the Chiefs. The Bengals were brilliant with that. But these two teams are built to score the rock, right? I mean – you didn't trade for Matthew Stanford to hand the ball nah. off in the Super Bowl. Let it, let it go. <laughs> right. You didn't pick up Odell Beckham Jr. to not be creative with your passing game. Uh, you don't have a Jamar Chase you draft that high. Over an offensive over, lineman. Exactly. Over an offensive lineman to get to the Super Bowl only to run it, right? I mean, <laughs> I, no, I, I expect these two coaches to come up with some type of scheme to throw the football and therefore score a lot of points. So how do you get there as an over better? You have to hope that these two coaches can come up with schemes and these players can make enough plays, which I, I think you feel confident on both sides. We got Odell Beckham Jr. We got Cooper Cup. We, we feel pretty good there. We got Jamar Chase and Higgins. We feel pretty we good right there. You got playmakers across the board here. So now it's on the quarterbacks. Can the quarterbacks execute the plays? And I, Joe Burrow oh. ranked uh, quarterback rating, rating second in the league behind Aaron Rodgers. Sure, you're going to give him the ball. Zach Taylor even told, talked about this in terms of trusting his quarterback in critical situations. He's going to give him the ball. And, and Matthew Stafford is going to get the ball from McVay as well. The only thing that holds me back is McVay 
and his ego trying mm. to win the game from the sideline. Wow. So from an overbetter, I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to get by that, though, okay. because these two teams are built to score points on the scoreboard. Okay, because Zach Taylor comes from McVay's, I mean, he was his OC. I mean, quarterbacks talk, coach. And, yeah. You talk about knowing someone, mm-hmm. just like Kyle and Sean, right? How does that impact maybe the scripted 10 at the beginning of the game or, or that? Are they going to, is this a, a, a game of chess? Mm. I know you so well, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I don't know what you're going to do, I'm just going to do what I do. Right. But now I know you so well that I'm almost playing counter to what I might initially do? Does you think that might play into um, it? Maybe a little bit. I, I don't think it's going to factor in heavily, though, because, you know, you script plays to kind of get a feel of the game. You, you script plays to get a feel on how they're going to adjust to certain formations and certain personnel. That's why you script plays. And then also you kind of settle down your players because they know exactly what the plays are and what situations are going to be, hopefully. And, uh, okay, now you get settled into the game quicker. Uh, so, it, you know, from a script standpoint, that's beneficial that way. But if you don't develop a feel of the game, then you're going to have a hard time adjusting. Mm. Uh, and I th- we saw that at times from McVeigh in particular last week. They finally got it going. And then uh, Zach Taylor, I thought, was brilliant. Uh, maybe predictable, but that was okay because it helped out against the Chiefs. Remem- remember that game. The Chiefs in the second half had 18 total plays. Unbelievable. Offensively until that 14-play drive that they had towards the end of the game. Think about that, how – the game plan defensively certainly worked, but I think offensively controlling the ball that way uh, and also getting into the game with turnovers uh, certainly helped out the Bengals. I, I have a confession to make. I didn't know who the Bengals' D coordinator was before last <laughs> week. And, I, and I, like, I have to look. I knew it was Lou, but I like Lou Anaruno. Mm-hmm. Anarumo, okay? So, like, we don't talk. We, we're gonna, we talk about Raheem Morris. We talk about Zach Taylor. We talk about Sean McVay. The, in two games this year, to your point, after halftime, being blown out twice by the Chiefs to stop that offense and hold the Chiefs to three points in Cincinnati in the second half and three points in the AFC title game in Arrowhead. Right. What is he doing, Fritz, to be able to pull this off? And can he do it again if they fall behind against the Rams? Well, it is interesting how you can kind of change game plans in the middle of the game. Uh, you can have one game plan one half and then a different game plan the second half and, and make it work, right? The players are buying into that. Uh, I think we saw that from the Bengals. If you go back to the Super Bowl, I want to say it was the Saints uh, and the Colts. Okay. Uh, yes. When the Saints had two different game plans against Peyton Manning. Second half was completely different. Exactly. So now, it, like we saw with Patrick Mahomes' struggle and his confidence and then also finding receivers and mm. thinking, okay, wait a minute, I'm seeing something completely different here. How are we going to adjust that? So you're on the sideline with the tablet and coaches trying to come up with solutions. Meanwhile, the other team is just implementing their game plan. So uh, the Bengals have been great, uh, and the players have responded with executing that type of game plan, being completely different than we were in the first half. So it's not a question of, and again, I thought Mo Legger hit it right in the head, where, where the Bengals players are almost like, stop disrespecting us right. with this underdog stuff. You might not know who the defensive coordinator is. Mm-hmm. You might not know our personnel. Right, And I know that you think that we're terrible here. Maybe offensive line isn't as great statistically as some of the others. This is not a mismatch. Or, or, or is it? Because, again, they're telling us it's not. Right. Steve Mackin's numbers say they're not. Mm-hmm. But yet you look at the star power that one team has versus the lack thereof. That, that would lead you to believe that the Rams just have 
supreme firepower. Right. You would want to believe that. But I, I think people have just glossed over the Bengals all year. I, I think they don't have a healthy amount of respect for the talent level. The, the thing about the National Football League uh, is everybody's talented, mm. right? Everybody's talented. Everybody has first-round draft choices or star players. But what separates you? What makes you different? Mindset. And I focused on the mindset with the Bengals back in December, and, and it's carried on. I think for the expectations that the Rams had, their mindset is certainly starting to meet those expectations right now. And so we have these two teams, four seeds uh, in the Super Bowl this year. Fascinating. Cannot wait. Friends, a lot of fun as always. A lot always, of fun. Uh, hanging Absolutely. out with you for the last two hours. I want to thank Lou Finicaro. I want to thank Steve Magnin and certainly Mo Egger for joining us as well today here in the Lombardi Line. We got you covered all day long right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.